Hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Uh, we're here on a Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, the 13th, 13th of September. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased that you've uh, joined with me tonight. Let me get this switched over here so we can see everything's going on. I don't know if uh, I'm dropping frames right now or not. I got... Uh, some internet connections that are going on right now, but hopefully uh, we get this all situated here in the next couple minutes. Uh, but if you're joining me uh, tonight, uh, it's it's going to be back in the book of Hebrews. Uh, I just want to make a couple of quick announcements. Um, so um, just the praise, obviously, um, last time, last Friday, I, I told everybody that uh, my wife was in a car accident. Um, somebody pulled out in front of her. Uh, she was heading down the road. And, uh, and thankfully, thank, thankful to God that, uh, everything is good. And, um, but the, uh, the truck was, um, obviously totaled. So, um, the insurance company came back and said that they have, uh, um, everything covered. So that's a praise. Everything is going to be covered with that. Um, folks, I'm having major trouble here with my internet. And, uh, so if you just give me just a few seconds here. I think my audio is probably coming in on this live stream, but there's something going on with um, with my internet connection right now. So I'm not sure what what that is. Everything seems to be working just fine, but um, that's just the way it is. You're dealing with technology. Um, but the Lord will sort it out, and um, prayerfully everything gets situated here in a second. But getting back to the praise, um, the insurance will be taken care of, and that's a, that's a huge praise, obviously. Um, the uh, prayer request that we'd have in that is that uh, we would be patient and wait on the Lord for a new vehicle. Um, we are very fortunate that the, uh, the, that the vehicle that we did have, um, uh, God protected uh, my wife in that. And uh, so we're trying to get another large vehicle like that. Um, you know, two small kids, we want to be as safe as we possibly can. Um, also, if you just be praying for my voice, obviously, uh, this is... Uh, this is not good if I'm trying to, to put out a podcast, um, but um, I really, 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 really wanted to get to Hebrews 12 tonight. I, I, just a lot of studying in that, and so I just didn't want to skip another Friday night if, if possible. A lot of work. Um, uh, work has been super busy, so um, I've been... I don't want to let the things of this world uh, distract me, and uh, even though I'm tired and my voice is kind of... Uh, uh, week right now. Uh, God will give me strength to get through this because I, I just cannot wait to get to God's word tonight. Um, don't forget about the podcast, uh, different places. You can get the audio version of this, uh, live stream that we're doing here on YouTube. And it looks like my internet's, uh, starting to cooperate, which is good. Um, and so, uh, don't forget about all of those podcast things. iHeartRadio, uh, Apple podcast and podcast.com. Um, the email, if you want to get a hold of me here at the um, at the ministry ltmbiy at yahoo.com. and um, also there's other different ways to let this mind be in you ministries on Facebook. With that being said, let's go ahead and get in. Oh, hi, sister, busy, sister Elizabeth. There, thank you uh, for joining me tonight. Um, if you could tell Brother Tim, I need you need to talk to him. Um, it's nothing too serious, but we need to uh, we need to have a, a little bit of a, a conversation. Um, this isn't that big of a deal, but um, yeah, I just need to talk to him before um, before I think you guys are going on travel or something. So, just um, if he would after right after this, if you have a little bit of time, and um, and Brother Tim could just go ahead and Skype me after we get done with the podcast tonight, that'd be great. All right. Uh, let's get to Hebrews chapter 12. So turning your Bibles to Hebrews 12. As we've been going through the book of Hebrews, we've been seeing that the uh, the theme, the overall theme for the book essentially is Jesus Christ is better. It's proving to the, the Hebrew people, the uh, nation of Israel, um, to not go follow after the traditions, um, making their fathers out to be a... Um, 
higher than what they were. They were just men. They were called of God. They walked by faith, but they were obeying the the God of this universe. And God, um, as it says in First Timothy, was manifest in the flesh. As we've done that um, just recently here on the channel, God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Um, that's going to be um, evident here again tonight in Hebrews, all throughout Hebrews. Uh, we're going to be going back and forth. We're going to be turning to a, a lot of scripture verses, but that's great. That's what this channel is about. We want to go to God's word, and I, I want to push you towards that and letting the Spirit teach you. Um, so with that being said, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. If I start going a little bit too fast and you're watching this on the live stream as far as um, turning to places and you want a little bit of time, just let me know. Um, the audio version will not suffer because of it. All right, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says here, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Um, This is... um, Months ago, when we first started out with Hebrews, uh, we talked about the, you know, who was the one that penned the the book of Hebrews. And we discussed about Paul and Apollos, and there's other different uh, things out there. This could be another uh, indicator that could be the Apostle Paul. And again, I, I told you before, I'm not dogmatic on any kind of position, because to me, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit inspired it. God wrote it. Um, it's God-inspired, God-breathed. It's infallible. Uh, it's inerrant. And um, I believe for the English-speaking people, it's right here in the King James Bible. I will stand on that with utmost conviction. Um, So it doesn't really truly matter who penned it down. God used to to write it. Um, But um, this could be another indicator that it could be the Apostle Paul. Um, Other places in the Pauline epistles, he talks about running the race. Um, I think I, when I used to fight mixed martial arts, uh, I, I did take one pro fight, and and on there, um, I talked about um, I have fought the good fight. Um, the 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 scripture verses uh, escaping me right now. I know it's in Timothy, um, but in there it's like I've run my course, right? Fought the good fight. Uh, good fight. I'm just gonna type in. Just want to type it in here real quick and see what comes up here. Yes. Yes, 2 Timothy. That's right. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 in uh, verse 7 when it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That course speaking in Paul also talked about running um, the race and so forth and so on. But what I notice here in the very first verse of chapter 12 is the sin uh, which doth so easily beset us. And for me, the sin which doth easily besets a lot of us, and I think this this is the root of a lot of things, and I think there's a lot of scriptures for this, is the sin of pride. Um, the pride of thinking that we know more than God and, and we know better than God's word and we can do things our own way, that is the, that is the sin which doth easily beset me all the time. And then I, I believe that... Um, uh, I believe that everything um, in in the Word of God kind of points to that as the pride being one of those main things that easily besets a lot of people. Uh, it was the sin of pride in the garden, I believe, too, where Eve thought, well, I could be as God. You know, that's prideful to think that way. And so, um, so many different uh, things that are problems, I'm preaching to me now, is uh, the sin of pride. And uh, I'm sure that's, that's that goes for a lot of the brethren out there. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I like this part right here where it says looking unto Jesus. Uh, what it, This kind of popped out to me when I was going through here and writing my, my notes down here. When it says looking unto Jesus, we are to be looking unto Jesus, not the Antichrist. 
I don't know how many people are out there, you know, looking for signs of the end times. Well, um, signs of the end times um, have been around since Jesus was departed this earth. Um, I believe that's in First John where it says uh, the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah, First John 4 where it says um, is already in the world at that time when John was writing. And this is 80, 90 A.D. Um, so the, the thing is, is that, that that is what I'm talking about, is that people are looking for the Antichrist. And if you're a born-again Bible-believing Christian, we should be looking for Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. It says, looking unto Jesus. Let that uh, admonish you, and it admonishes me to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And the next part there where it says, for the, who for the joy that was set before him. Joy. Hey, folks, that's us. The joy that was set before us. That's why he endured the affliction. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh, shown clearly. He spoke it when he was on the earth, said, I am he, and he died for you and me. Just as um, people, they keep thinking, I think they just try to think too much about this. But the thing is, folks, the God of this universe, the creator God, was manifest in the flesh. The creator God humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, as it says in Philippians 2. Why did he do that? Well, he speaks about how by one man sin entered into the world. He did that to take away sin out of the world. Put your faith and trust in him and his righteousness because your righteousness is filthy rags. Call out to God today. Come to the end of your own pride, your own self-righteousness, and cry out to the creator God who died for you and me. Took on corruptible flesh that had the ability to bleed and died and suffered cruel, cruelly, cruelly on the cross. But he did that for you and me, for the joy, who for the joy that was set before him, I just keep thinking about that. Wow, the joy. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Let me admonish you out there that if you're standing up for the Bible and you're standing up for God's word and you're standing on that as the only authority in your life, you're going to have people that oppose you. Look in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 Hold your place there in Hebrews or uh, turn back there where we're going to be right back. But John chapter 15, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in this because starting in verse 11, these things have spoken unto you, John chapter 15, starting in verse 11, that my joy, there it is, might remain in you and that your joy might be full. True joy is having Jesus in our heart, having Jesus in in our, um, that comes in, in the, in as the Holy Spirit. Speaking of that, that joy, we just got done reading that. That's so good. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. This is so good, folks. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Wow, what a statement. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask, shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. And that's the thing we talked about there for consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself if you were of the world the world would love his own but because you are not of the world but i have chosen you out of the world therefore the world hateth you remember the word that i said unto you the servant is not greater than his lord if they have persecuted me they will also persecute you if they kept my sayings they will keep yours also but all these things will they do unto you for my namesake, because they know not him that sent me. It's amazing that a lot of people do things in the name of, of God, supposedly. Um, that's 
That's incredible. That they this you can see that played out on a day to day basis. That in the name of God, they persecute Bible believing Christians. It was going on even then, and Jesus warned of it. If it had not come and spoken unto them, they had had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. So you can see there that just because um, I, it talks about Christ here in chapter 12, verse 3 of Hebrews, he endured such contradictions to sinners against himself. He says, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. That's a reminder to us, not be weary in well-doing but to just follow the word of God no matter what the consequences here on this earth. You're going to be hated. You're going to be despised. You're going to have problems with people that call you all sorts of different names. But, folks, we're just supposed to go to God's word and proclaim it. That's it. That's all we're supposed to do. So let that be an admonishment to you as it is to me. Verse 5, back in Hebrews chapter 12. And ye have not for and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? This is this is a powerful statement about to be made. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. This is a statement um, here. Thank God. I I wrote down here, thank God for chastening, especially considering verse 8. If you claim um, to be saved, you are a new creature in Christ. You are a son of God. And that's a broad term. Obviously, um, women can be saved, too. But the the term meaning that you're children of God, you're bought with a price. If you think that you can just live your life any way you want and you're not getting any kind of chastisement for it, I warn you now in the strongest terms that I possibly can, you need to check up on yourself. You need to check up on your faith. You You need to just truly think about that. Because right here in Hebrews, it speaks very clearly but if ye be without, verse 8, chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. You're an illegitimate child if you claim that you can just live your life however you want to. Well, I I, I said that prayer. I believe in God. Uh, yeah, I'm saved. And just continue your life. Let me be um, clear with you. You're not a legitimate son of God. When all those in my testimony, in all those years that I was, um, you know, living so far apart from the way I should be, I talked about that chastisement that was in my life. I knew it all the time. I was under a constant chastisement. I knew, and I just, I just kept hardening my heart, hardening my heart, hardening it against that. And God had to break me. But thank God for the chastisement because I, I, it's it's in it's encouraging to know that I wasn't abandoned. You can't lose your salvation, so he's going to chasten you. Now, if it gets to the point, and thank God, uh, in my case, that it didn't get to the point where he recalled this ambassador and, and took me home early. He gave me an opportunity. That's why I want to live for him. That's why I want to do as much as I possibly can in the remaining time that he has me here as an ambassador. But just remember that in John chapter, uh, there's a few other verses that I wanted to look at uh, speaking about sons of God. Let's turn over to John chapter one, kind of tie all these in. John chapter one and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We know that that's the Holy Spirit that quickens. Um, um, let's see, we got a comment here made by uh, Brother JT, looks like. 
I did some horrid things as a lost man, and I received no chastisement because I was a bastard child. When I start to live in sin, I get the punishment. Praise God for it. Amen. That's exactly what I just said. Um, that's that that's, we're of the same spirit there, brother. It, it's it's convicting and encouraging at the same time, which is it's, it sounds kind of strange to say, um, but I think the brethren out there get what I'm trying to say. Um, that it's like, oh man, I just did this, and you get that chastisement, and you're like, well, praise God for it. Let's get the correction, just like I do with my children. Um, I correct them, and then I try to love on them and tell them, look, you can't be doing that. That's wrong. That's a um, that's you upset your mom. You you did something we told you not to do, and so that that is the same thing that our heavenly Father does for us. Um, another verse. So good point there, uh, brother JT. Uh, Romans eight. Romans eight and verse fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember, I just talked about that, that that's how we're born again, that renewing that happens in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, man, that's so good. That is so good. And then verse 19 you can read all the way down through there. It's all good stuff. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And we've spoken about that. Uh, again, there's manifestation showing clearly here. Um, one day, even though our soul and spirit has been redeemed, one day our body will be redeemed. And we're looking for that earnest expectation. See, a earnest payment was made. I'm trying to think of the verse right now where there's a earnest. It's in one of the Pauline epistles. And I can't remember it. It'll come to me. Uh, if not, uh, you, you brethren out there will be able to find it. But that's the earnest payment. That's the down payment was made. Uh, we were bought with a price. We are all of his. But uh, one day, he, that's the blessed hope that our, our body, even if we're dead in Christ, we shall, um, we which are alive and remain won't hinder those. Again, paraphrasing uh, that verse, I believe, out of 1 Thessalonians. All right. Um, a couple more here. Philippians 2, speaking of the sons of God, Philippians 2. If you're new to the Bible, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. It's in that neighborhood, Philippians chapter 2. If you are newly saved, I encourage you to just get in the word of God, understand um, or try to memorize where all these different uh, chapters and um, books are in the Bible. So you can find it easily. Um, let's see, verse 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run, there is that word, run, in vain, neither labored in vain. Um, well, is that a contradiction, that ye may be blameless and harmless? Well, in the eyes of God, we are blameless because of, Christ imputed righteousness on us. See, um, there's no contradiction. But in our flesh, we still have this this sin sin flesh that hasn't been redeemed yet. Uh, this is this is fairly simple uh, Bible doctrines. But again, um, I want to just make sure going to the Word of God that we explain that very clearly um, that from the Word of God itself. This is not my opinion. This is exactly what the Word of God says. All right, let's. Um, Let's move on to 1 John for the last one here on the sons of God that I wanted to bring up. 1 John chapter 3. How am I doing on time, folks? Oh, doing pretty good. All right. Um, 1 John chapter 3. And I want to spend a, a decent amount of time in 1 John chapter 3 because it it's, um, well, you'll see here in a minute. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we shall be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Boy, I can't wait for that. And every man that has this hope, in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. I have written off to the side of my Bible 
um, the um, the verse First Thessalonians four thirteen. I don't have uh, in my Bible here. I don't have any of the uh, reference. You know, as far as scriptures, I write them off to the side. See, I got all the the plenty of um, page space over here from on this Bible that I have. So I just wrote over here First Thessalonians four thirteen, verse four. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. There's the word manifested again. It's amazing how the entire Bible written by, quote-unquote written by, um, different men over different times all match up. They all agree because it's written by one author, and that's God. Isn't that amazing? So we know there's no contradictions. And there's all sorts of different, quote-unquote, coincidental words that are all throughout the Bible. Well, like I said before, I don't believe in coincidences. Verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. And we'll stop here. Um, I want to, if you have time later on, read down through the entire chapter of First John chapter 3, all the way down through verse 24, and just let it sink in. Because as we got where he started there in Hebrews, talking about how the chastisement comes, the the rebuking, thou art rebuked of him, as it says in verse 5, the chastening, as it speaks about um, all throughout there. And then in 1 John chapter 3, it says, if you are living in your own righteousness still, you're sinning. Well, in Christ, though, there is no sin. And therefore... Um, it talks about uh, not known him. See the correlation between Hebrews 12 and 1 John. All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. Verse 9, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9. We're back in, over there in uh, where we started. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. They did. They had a lot of prophets of old, uh, high priests and so forth that God used to uh, to correct them, the Hebrew people as it's speaking to now. Instruction and in righteousness, though, this is good for us as well. And we gave them reverence. Of course, gave them reverence. Um, as we see, the theme of Hebrews is about to come out again. Jesus is far better than those fathers, though, because he was their creator. And um, this is very interesting, this next part. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Um, this is interesting. Who is it speaking about all the way through here already? Obviously, it's Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, as it said in verse 2. In context here, I, I just wrote a question down, and, and you can answer it for yourself. Uh, study for yourself in the in the Scriptures. Just go through it. I just wrote down, who is the father of spirits then? Father there is capitalized. So is it speaking of God the Father? Or is it speaking of Jesus Christ? Well, great question. So answer it for yourself. Um, we serve one God, folks, that's able to separate. Uh, there's distinctions. But I think it's very interesting that shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits? Um, and and live. We're supposed to live through the power of the Spirit with Christ in us as the Father is in us as well. But at the same time, like I told you on that um, on my podcast, if you're watching this now or in a, in a later time, go back to Jesus teaches the his disciples the biblical Godhead on this channel, and I will tell you, I don't know a lot of this stuff. I don't know how it's possible, but I see you, Brother JT. Yeah, I thought I, th I was kind of thinking about you when I was reading through there, and God showed me that, and I was like, hmm. But I'm just asking the question, folks. Reading plainly in the Scripture, I just asked the question, who is the Father then? Who is the Father of spirits? Let's continue on. I won't belabor that point. Verse 12, or excuse me, uh, verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. Speaking of those fathers in the past, the little F fathers, uh, for their own pleasure, after their own pleasure. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. See, they corrected because, you know, maybe that was their job or that's what they got paid to do or so forth and so on. 
but not Jesus. Jesus is far better. We might be partakers of his holiness. That's why he did it. That's why he chastens us to be partakers of his holiness. Be ye holy for I am holy. Didn't we just read that? Uh, we just read that in Hebrews. Be ye holy for I am holy. I can't remember where that was though now. Uh, anyways, I'm sure it'll come to me again. But uh, anyways, uh, verse, where did I leave off? I just got distracted. Okay, verse 10. Verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Doesn't it seem grievous when you're going through the chastening? I know it does me. It seems grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. See, we're not speaking about works-based salvation around here because that's, that's uh, a lie of the devil. You cannot be holy enough in of yourself to have your own good enough righteousness. You can't do it. We've already proven that time and time and time again in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but after you're saved and you're bought with a price, he's, uh, he is going to chasten you. He is going to move things out of your life. Now you can either, um, you can either be like I was and and just really be uh, that rebellious child that just doesn't want to receive the correction for the longest time, or you can accept that correction that's made to, uh, so for our profit that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let that it rather be, but let it rather be healed. And um, I got written down here just the um, Old Testament reference there of Proverbs three and verse five. You can go to that. Um, on your own. Verse 14. But I think, again, I just want to make that point. What a, what a, what an awesome, uh, thing that we have is the Holy Spirit that does do the chastening and the, uh, and the correction, um, because it's meant for our good. Just like we don't correct our children because we don't love them. We, we chasten them because we love them. Whom he loveth, he chasteneth. As it said there in verse six of Hebrews 12. Verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And I got written down here, it is his righteousness that allows us access to the throne by his spirit. So the only way we can see the Lord, the only way we'll ever one day see him as he is, is to be redeemed, to be saved, a child of God, a son of God. That's the only way you'll ever see that. And if you're trusting in your own righteousness, you won't like what you see when you open up your eyes and at the judgment uh, in death and then also at the judgment seat of Christ, at that great white throne judgment, you're not going to like what you see because he is completely justified in the punishment because he's given a way of escape. He's given it to you. It's a free gift of salvation. I implore you to come to Christ today. Cry out to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you. Oh, excuse me about that. I was getting a phone call. That's my brother Aaron. Well, he usually he knows I'm uh, podcasting, so that's kind of weird. Hopefully he doesn't need anything, but I'll call him right back. Um, let's see here. Okay, let's go to verse um, 15. Okay, uh, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornication or fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. When we know the account of that. For you know how that afterward... When he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. 
Now, um, I kind of just wrote through here a little bit. I didn't want to go too deep into these past couple verses, but in context here, um, in verse 17, Esau was not seeking repentance of sins, so to speak. Um, obviously, it was a sin to squander away his birthright. But in the context, he was seeking a different outcome because he was seeking repentance because he changed his mind. So in this case, it is a changed mind. Like he he immediately regretted it. You ever made a decision and you kind of like repent of it? You change your mind. You're like, oh, no, but the, it's already in place. If the actions were already done, the consequences are going to come. And so even though we seek it with tears, it's like, oh, just take back my actions, Lord. Just take back my actions. Well, there's consequences for those actions. If... um. What's the best way I can explain this? Okay, here's a good analogy for you for this type of repentance, the, even though you seek it sir, uh, carefully with tears. Um, if you were to jump off a building, okay? Now, this is a, this is a pretty stark uh, or a pretty vivid uh, word picture here, but if you were to jump off a building and you changed your mind halfway down, okay? It's a really tall skyscraper building, and you, and you change your mind halfway down. Okay, you can repent of that, and you can seek it carefully with tears to change your mind. You want to go back. It's not going to happen. Gravity's taking over, and there's a consequence at the end of that ride. So the, that's my point here in context. So a lot of times um, I've been asked questions uh, just recently, in fact, about repentance, biblical repentance. Uh, there's Just make sure we read things in the, in the Bible in its proper place and contextually and rightly divide. Um, so we don't get confusion. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Now verse 18, we're going to start tying to the book of Exodus. All right. As, um, our local church body here, um, has been going through the book of Hebrews. We've also been going through the book of Exodus together, chapter, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter in both books of the Bible. And there's so much of a correlation between the two chapters or the two books of the Bible. It's amazing, but especially right here in Hebrews chapter uh, 12, starting in verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Now this is, uh, let's go ahead and turn back to the uh, tie-in verses here, the Book of Exodus, um, chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. So I'll give you a few minutes to turn all the way back. Again, if you're just starting out as a new Christian, the books of the Bible are going to go Genesis, the very first book, and then the next book is Exodus. Exodus chapter 19. And this is talking about where Moses is about to go up onto the Mount Mount Sinai. Yeah, and the people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, verse 23, for thou charges us, saying, set bounds about the Mount and sanctify it. Um, and so we can see there, you can start in uh, Exodus chapter 19 as you work your way through. Uh, verse. What I wanted to point out in verse 19 of Hebrews 12, though, is some familiar words if you've studied uh, a little bit of prophecy, um, especially your uh, books of like Revelation. Let's look at the uh, sound of a trumpet and a voice in verse 19 there of Hebrews 12. That seems kind of familiar, right? The sound of a trumpet, not a trumpet, but the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Uh, that Christian, one day we're going to hear the sound of a trumpet and a voice calling us by name and catching us out of here, the catching away of the bride. And, uh, boy, I can't wait for that. Um, and uh, that's that's exciting to hear. But you can see those words right there are very, uh, very loaded, if you ask me. Sound of a trumpet. And I think that's a really good uh, correlation because uh, to the book of Revelation because from here on out in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, there's a lot in here uh, that's a tie-in to the book of Revelation. But we see in verse 20, it says, For they could not, and I'm back in Hebrews, if you're following along, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast 
touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And we saw that in verse 13 of Exodus chapter 19. Where it says, there shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be a beast or a man, it shall not live. When the trumpet, trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So we see the, the tie in there. Okay, now verse 21. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. No kidding. Um, all the things that they saw, the mountain was on fire, the cloud, the glory of the Lord was, was all around that place. And um, if you saw that, you'd be kind of taken back as well. Um, anybody that says otherwise is not in the right mind because uh, I would be shaking with fear and trembling because my creator is on that mount and showing himself. By the way, in Exodus, we see that they see God, by the way. And we've talked about that in, in uh, Hebrews already. Okay, verse uh, 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, or Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now, also, I have to bring up this point. Whenever you see the, the word angels, it doesn't necessarily mean the uh, those created beings, those angelic beings that God created. Um, sometimes it means the messengers or us. For example, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, if you turn over there real quick. And let's start in verse 9. And they sung a new song. This is speaking of the uh, 24 elders, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, uh, those speaking of those seraphim over there, uh, that Isaiah also spoke of, and, uh, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on, on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. So we can see um, you can see there the angels is speaking about, I believe it's us. Okay. And, um, you'll see that later on in the book of revelation as well. But, um, I just wanted to point that out. All right. Getting back to Hebrews 12, wrapping this up, uh, starting in verse 24. Oh no, excuse me. We skipped 23. Verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Uh, so the mediator there, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6, and Hebrews 9 and verse 15, as we've covered already we've covered already in our study. So you can go back and watch the videos on those chapters. First Timothy chapter two, though, let's go, let's turn over there real quick. First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy, I see you, brother. Brother JT is uh, making some comments about uh, the book of Exodus there. First Timothy chapter two and verse five. Amen, by the way. First Timothy chapter two and verse five, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all for all to be testified in due time. And um, we can see that there the mediator is Christ Jesus. All right. Okay, this last little bit, uh, I want to wrap up here and um, I want to kind of point out a few things here. 
especially starting in verse 25. This is a warning. Read it with me. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Folks, um, during the time of Jacob's trouble here, and we're going to turn to Jeremiah 30 here in a second, but during the time of Jacob's trouble, this is the God is long-suffering to the nation of Israel. During that time, the time of Jacob's trouble, it is the last time for Israel to turn from their wicked ways and cry out to God. Now, when they do that as a nation, we know that's the second advent or the second coming of Jesus Christ where he comes back to this earth to rule and reign. But that's the last chance that he's given those children, of the, the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people there, the nation of Israel to repent. That's their last chance. So turn over in Jeremiah. I know a lot of people uh, like calling that that Daniel 70th week, um, that time of tribulation there. Um, but if you're going to give it a label, I like Daniel 70th week. That's a good one, and this is another good one that I use all the time. Um, and I know other brothers do as well. But Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7. When it says, alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. There's a lot of, oh man, there's more time that we have in this study today to cover. But uh, that's speaking of that time of Jacob's trouble here. But in verse 25, that's that's what they're saying. Don't refuse. This is your last chance. And we, and we know, obviously, this is for instruction and righteousness for us right now. It's profitable for us. The whole book of Hebrews is good for us as Bible-believing Christians during this time. Um, but during the time of Jacob's trouble, wow, what an admonition to them. It's a warning, a very stern warning to them. And it says in verse 26, continuing on here, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only but also heaven. Uh, look in the book of Revelation, and you can see a lot of things that are happening to this earth that will not be able to be explained, but people will reject God still. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, meaning that this temporal will end one day. He's going to make all things new, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's what it's about to speak of here. Wherefore we receive, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace, whereby we may be, where, whereby, excuse me, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Let's. Um, I say this verse all the time. I I admonish myself with it all the time, and I do. Um, I do the same for you as, as well as you're watching this either live or later on or you're listening on one of the podcasts. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Excuse me, folks. I should have hit the uh, cough button. My fault. All right. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I charge you, I admonish you in the strongest words. Obviously, that's not what it's saying here, but beseech is just, it's got that connotation behind it. You, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. As it finishes up there in Hebrews 12, Christian, as you live today, in this time, It says, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's how we are to be walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. It's through the power of his spirit because you cannot live and walk the Christian walk on your own, in your flesh. You just cannot do it. People in cultural Christianity try to do it on a day-to-day basis. Well, I go to church three times a week. I do this. Uh, I make sure I do that. I do this. They check all these things off a list thinking that that's good and that's acceptable and that's but God said that he was sick of these 
these outward just displays. He wants the heart. He wants you to be in subjection to the, the power of his spirit so that you can walk worthy. So that you can walk worthy. For our God is a consuming fire. We know that his eyes are like fire that just consumes those that wood, hay, and stubble. And he also just consumes and burns for forever in his in his uh, judgment. Uh, there's a burning lake of fire that happens there. And I'm not saying that that's a, um, a direct correlation there. It just kind of popped in my head. But folks... Let that let that be an admonition to you, uh, Christian, that are out there. Let that be a, a warning, and may the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're not saved, convict you of your need of a Savior right now. Apologize again for that. All right, so that's, uh, we went about 50 minutes going through the book of Hebrews 12, uh, join me next time. Next week, um, I'm, I got to go on Thursday night, Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, I'll be back in the book of Hebrews 13. And uh, Sister Elizabeth, if you're still on here, that's why I need to talk to Brother Tim. Okay. And, uh, but right after this, we'll just, uh, right after this, uh, we'll we'll try to get that Skype call going if if possible. I can see you have a cold, Brother JT says. I pray you get better. It's a, it's a combination of, of weariness um, I've been, uh, talking quite a bit and, um, just my voice just got run down. I really got to pay attention to that. And the tea and honey is a good idea. I need to get me some lemons as well and, uh, do some hot tea and honey and, uh, some lemons. That's to get this voice going. All right. So, uh, those that are watching, I guess there's five or six of you right now that are watching live. If there's any kind of question or thing you'd like to talk about before we wrap up for tonight. I'm all ears. If not, um, I'm going to try something here. I'll get it. I'll get it started. Hopefully it doesn't dump my internet. I hope it doesn't. But, um, I'd like to play a hymn, and I want to see if it works well with the audio. I'd like to play a hymn, but this time I have permission from uh, a brother in Christ to use a hymn that was played by his wife, and that's Sister Elizabeth that's on here right now. So let me pull this up and see if this actually works. Um, I'm praying that it does. So as I get that ready, uh, I don't see any questions here, so we'll probably end up wrapping up with just this song and see if I can get the audio going. Boy, it's a it's a it's a wonder of, uh, and I'm amazed every time that I can even get on the internet. But it it does work slow when I'm trying to have all this different stuff going at the same time. Uh, but it's it's a wonder that it even works at all. So I'm thankful for that. Let's go to let's go down here. And again, if I'm I'm praying that this works, so we can just go ahead and finish it up with this. And everybody that's out there, just let me know if you can hear that. And I like this song. I like this arrangement. Um, and this is played by Sister Elizabeth. Let me see if I can get this going here. All right, let's try it out.
that was uh, Be Thou My Vision, uh, played by Sister Elizabeth there. Um, so I love that song, uh, Sister, and um, thank you for uh, beautifully playing it there, and thank you for uh, allowing me to play it here on my channel. Uh, I shouldn't get any uh, copyright hit on that. But um, uh, we'll talk about uh, what's going on here in the comments section for those that are on uh the listening to the audio version. Let's uh, scroll up here before we wrap it up for tonight. Uh, ba -ba -ba. Okay, brother JT is talking about his new book he's working on. Um, I see brother Tim here. Oh, hey, brother. Uh, was an excellent point earlier about the mention of race as further proof. Paul wrote it, and again, I, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I I haven't personally. I I told. When I talked about that in the introduction to the book of Hebrews, I personally think um, still it was somebody else, but that's not a that's not a huge uh, sticking point that we can uh, that we necessarily have to get in a knockdown drag out about. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and I and I responded to Brother JT when he asked about that. Uh, Sister Elizabeth says, my King James Bible says Paul wrote it, so I believe it is Paul. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't th I don't think that, I think that's a joke or, you know, just playing at that because that part is obviously not inspired. But uh, let's see here. Brother JT says, my first King James uh, Bible told me it is unknown. Then my local church Bible publisher told me it was Paul in the heading. Yeah, I got a local church Bible publisher uh, Bible right here. Um, and I told you before, it's the note takers. This is not a uh, commercial for local church Bible publishers, but I tell you what, if uh, they were to send me a, a Bible for mentioning them on, on this podcast, I would not turn it down <laughs> uh, because they're beautiful, beautiful Bibles. Um, it's held up well. I love this Bible. I love all all King James Bibles, of course, but um, I, I like how that one's constructed. Constructed. Um, okay, and then uh, the arrangement is made by Greg Howlett, and glad you enjoyed it. I did. Thank you very much, and hope er, hopefully everybody out there uh, enjoys it as well. Be thou my vision. Um, if maybe, uh, just, just, a a, uh, not a recommendation, but a request that maybe you can, uh, do complete in thee. I love that song as well. Um, complete in thee, the old hymn. So maybe you can do that at some point. All right, folks. Well, it is, uh, right at an hour. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight on let this mind be in you. Um, it's been a, um, it's been great to be with you. I, I really, even though my voice was struggling, I, I got through it through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I, I'm so thankful for God to God for that. Um, and uh, so I'm so thankful for that, and I really enjoyed. I've been been enjoying all these uh, studies on Hebrews, and uh, Hebrews 12 was uh, no different. I really loved it. Uh, but but. Uh, And we'll end there. So join me on the uh, podcast. Uh, obviously, if you want to listen to it in on the radio version or the audio version, so to speak, um, if you want to download those, all those different things, uh, everybody's already aware of those. And if you stuck with me through this entire hour live, I appreciate you joining me here live. And those that watch this video later on, uh, may God bless you. Um, Christian, let this mind be in you, okay? Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, and that'll be it for tonight. God bless you. I love you in the Lord, and uh, join me next week on Thursday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.